1: Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Uh, I'm just going to kind of call an audible here. Uh, Producer team, you you see uh, Mike Pence up there delivering remarks uh, just ahead of his boarding of Air Force Two. Would you see if you you could track down some audio for that and uh, whisper in my ear when you've got it ready? Uh, Do you have it ready now? Uh, Let's hear what uh, Vice Vice President Pence has to say. Stakes in this election have never been higher. Uh, The choice has never been clear. And I look forward to the opportunity take our case to the American people for four more years for President Donald Trump in the White House. So thank you all very much. We'll go back and check and see what uh, the pre- the vice president had to say as he commenced those remarks. But as I mentioned, he's making them just at the end of the stairway as he uh, and his wife there, uh, Mrs. Pence, Board Air Force Two uh, and immediately embark directly to land here in Utah's capital city, uh, Salt Lake City, to on Wednesday participate in the one and only vice presidential debate. Uh, a debate which I predict will uh, likely have a disproportionately high impact. Uh, or a disproportionately greater impact on the election this year compared to vice presidential debates in the past. I, I think that many, certainly after the performance of last Tuesday, will look to the running mates of the two uh, candidates to uh, you know, seek understanding or comfort or reassurance or convincing. But that all takes place here. Salt Lake on Wednesday, and we'll have complete coverage of that event throughout the day, all day long, as every broadcast team transports up to University of Utah to to cover that uh, historic event. And this is a different a different kind of debate with the vice presidents, uh, the vice presidential candidates uh, making their case. Uh, all the more important uh, this year, I believe. Uh, All right, shifting gears pretty dramatically here. I want to welcome to the program a woman named Jessica Gwynn. She is currently on the Board of Trustees at the Road Home, and last year she was employed by the Salt Lake City School District as a student and family support specialist uh, at East High School. And today she has, in the Deseret News, published an opinion piece, one that talks about uh, the importance of uh, students getting their education in the classroom, the headline reads, Closed Schools Are Spreading the Epidemic of Educational Inequality. What does that mean? Jessica will explain. Miss Gwynn, thank you for your time. Welcome to the program. Hi,
0: thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: What is, what is this uh, second epidemic? I'm, I'm aware of the coronavirus. You make reference to uh, another epidemic in closed schools. What's the story?
0: Well, I saw firsthand the inequality going on in our educational system. For these um, kids from lower income families, there are so many people working so hard to catch these kids up in their education and keep them um, on more or less an equal level with their peers, but it's a lot of work. There are a lot of kids who need extra help. And with kids now learning from home, they don't have that first hand um, interaction with the professionals who can help bring them up to those standards. They're left at home many times on their own or under the care of parents who aren't well integrated into our system. They're first generation Americans. They don't know how to navigate the educational system. And these kids are simply being left behind.
1: We are we are aware that uh, that students learn differently. And so all things being equal, we will see a a certain divide when it comes to uh, remote learning by, uh, you know, the children who are, you know, well-versed in technology uh, compared to those who, uh, you know, may not be able to to pay attention or or whatever the case may be. Uh, But there is running alongside that uh, another challenge. There is a paragraph from your piece in the Deseret News I want to share. You say before school was dismissed in March, uh, during the time where you were based at East High School, 64 percent of students there live below the Federal poverty line, including ninety who were homeless, and your task, your responsibility was to observe in them uh, their needs. Uh, You go on to describe that many of those students received uh, two meals a day and took home groceries to feed their siblings. Uh, Parents were able to come in and uh, get food from the from the pantry. Uh, and then you talk about some of the things that you handed out in addition to food, from socks to underwear to business wear uh, to prom dresses. And the list continues. You, you go on to talk about uh, you know, these young students uh, who need uh, dental work, maxillofacial uh, surgery to correct misaligned jaws and other items. And then of all of that help that you describe, uh, COVID-19 shows up and it all stops. What are the threats now present?
0: Yeah, so you really address maybe even a more crucial aspect of the work the Salt Lake School District was doing before COVID-19. This district has been a leader in recognizing that education is about more than learning facts and figures and concepts. It's about the whole child. And the district had revolutionized the idea of education to include physical, mental, and food and housing, all of that kind of security that goes into allowing these kids to even be in a place where they can learn. And so with us, once again, not being present in schools and seeing those needs firsthand as teachers, administrators and staff, we're not even close to being able to to address the concerns of these individual kids that are just completely under the radar now.
1: Is there other efforts to, you know, proactive efforts to maybe uh, reach out to those who found themselves on the on the lists of last year, uh, indicating those who, who, who are in great need?
0: Well, unfortunately, I no longer work for the school district because I've now, because learning is at a distance, I've had to stay home with my own children. But I hope so. And I want to say that even if there are efforts being made, which I'm sure there are, There's no way. I mean, at East High School, 63 percent of our students qualified for federal aid. They were living below the federal poverty line. As you said, 90 self-identified as homeless. They do not have the manpower, the people power to reach out to that many students and address their individual needs from a distance. There's just no way. It was hard enough when we were all gathered together in a physical location.
1: What's the message? How do we get back into the classroom? Is this uh, is this a call to, you know, the the members of the community to seriously engage the, you know, the safety protocols of wearing a mask, washing your hands, uh, staying home when you're sick so we can get these case counts down? Or is there something you'd like to see the, 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 the district do? Or both?
0: I would like to see the district uh, restart in-person school with all of those safety measures in place with the option for parents their kids home learning at a distance when they feel that's important for their families i feel like we should empower parents to make those decisions for their kids and as a result we can have we can really have the best of both worlds and let parents make that judgment call about where they want to place their students in their best interests.
1: jessica gwynn thank you again for your time i will share your opinion piece on my Facebook page and encourage people to check it out. Lee Lonsberry, you'll see the live mic logo up in the corner. Uh, give that a read. There are some unintended consequences and some secondary epidemics that uh, that are present among our population. It's important that we recognize those so that we might be able to overcome them. Jessica, thanks again for your time and your work. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a break here. When we return, we're going to shift gears again pretty dramatically and look back at a storyline that started about three weeks ago. Uh, there was that movie Cuties. Remember on Netflix? Well, it's still there. Senator Mike Lee took issue with that. He reached out to Facebook. Well, they've responded. What do they have to say? I'll share that with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
0: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.